punch drunk. The punches weren't really necessary. Maybe it was super necessary. Welcome to the very first episode of the Punch Drunk Podcast, the newest podcast in combat sports hosted by two dudes who cannot fight and know way less about fighting than they think they do. I'm your host, Lewis, and I am joined by my friend, Adam. What is going on, man? Hey, mate. How are we? Fantastic. This has been a, you know, a few weeks in the making, and I'm very excited to be sitting down and talking some fights. I know about time. I'd say probably a few years in the making, really. We just never really had an idea that popped. Yeah, pretty much. And I just knew. Remember, we uh, we uh, first met studying down in uh, was it UTS together. And I knew from the second I walked in and saw you in your tap out shirt, I knew you were you were a hard man and would be a perfect person <laughs> to to start an MMA podcast with. Yeah, it's the only brand I usually rep until I got sponsored by UFC, which is up now. So I got the UFC shirt on, man. Um, Dana's probably watching, so I just wanted to rep his brand and uh, let him know that boxing shit and UFC's better. Well, that is unquestionably true. And yeah, shout out to Uncle Dana White, the angriest man in all of combat sports. But speaking of boxing and MMA, right, and the difference between the two, Let's, we've got to talk about it, right? It was the big fight over the weekend. Canelo Alvarez retained and gained a title, uh, shattering the orbital eye sockets area of Billy Joe Saunders in a devastating finish. And this was one of boxing's biggest fights of the years. And we both agreed afterwards, it felt like a UFC fight night. Yeah, I think so. I um, Well, the UFC fight night was obviously on at the same time and they kind of I kind of watched both and although it was cool seeing 70,000 people in a stadium, it was just, I don't know, the, the entrances were the only thing that was fucking awesome in the whole boxing thing. And then obviously Canelo is Canelo, but I don't know. just doesn't do it for me at the moment. Yeah, the entrances were good. Some would say far too long and far too elaborate, but yeah. Oh, it was they, Rocky Four. Yeah, they were the spectacle of, of the event. Boxing just can't nail its undercards. No matter what they put on undercards, they just can't seem to gain any hype, steam, or, or, or traction. And the fights generally just aren't that good. Whereas, you know, you can turn on a UFC event, whether it's a fight night, whether it's a pay-per-view, and a fight on the undercard or the first billing on the main event can be the fight of the night. Yeah, exactly. I think um, the sport is better to watch. MMA, the sport is better to watch. It doesn't matter who the person is. The person just makes it better. And I think that's what I found um, watching the boxing. And I think we were saying earlier, you know, before the fight started, we we're, were talking about the zone. The, the subscription is so cheap. I was telling you, I'm like, oh, I can't believe it's like $2 a month or something like that. Well, I'm here to tell you $2 a month is fucking overs, all right? We're paying too <laughs> much. We're paying too much. $2 a month for those fights is just ridiculous. The only ones worth watching are the heavyweights at the moment, and they can't get their shit together either. 
Yeah, well, we're waiting with you know bated breath because Eddie Hearn did tease good news coming this week. That'll just be that'll just be no unboxing. They've agreed on the size of the ring, <laughs> but they haven't <laughs> the agreed. Squared ring. Yeah, they haven't. They haven't agreed a location, a date, who's you know the rematch, all that kind of stuff. It just it just boxing just feels so corrupt and so shady that. You know, whatever happens in the first fight, we already know that fight's going to happen twice, probably three times already. It just, it sort of kills the anticipation, the excitement for me, because we know whatever happens, there's already going to be a contractual rematch. It just, it's just a pure money-making machine. Yeah, it is. And I know UFC has its flaws in, in terms of paying the athletes and stuff like that, but boxing's on another level. Yeah, no doubt. And you know, the UFC... Well, MMA in general, right, is is improving, and that Bellator is certainly stepping up. They have their deal with Showtime now, and fighters generally are making more and more money. There's traction with uh, your bare knuckle boxing. They've got a fighters union, and I think over the next few years we're going to see going to see movement on that front. But let's not forget MMA and you know the U- UFC. They're they're a much younger sport than boxing, so they've had a much longer time to get their shit together. And boxing for the longest time was run by the mafia, so. You know, all things considered, in its infancy, I think MMA is is doing pretty, pretty well. Uh, and you talked about a fight night that was on at the same time. So let's let's dive into that right now. That was the um, that was a fight night headlined by Waterson against um, Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Yeah. What what was your takeaway from the the main card here? I. To be honest, I hadn't seen either of them fight much. I'd only I'd only seen a, enough highlights. I hadn't I haven't watched a full fight of Rodriguez. I think I'd watched the one Waterson fight, maybe the one before, but I I wasn't that excited for it, and it was insane. It was so good. <laughs> it was so good. Like, I it might be the internalized misogyny uh, that people keep telling me I have, but I don't think it was. I just wasn't that keen for it because they're not that big of names, and they proved me wrong in every way, shape, and form. It was so fucking good. Yeah, and sort of on our point before, right? Any fight on a you go on an MMA card can be electric. And the only time I've seen uh, Marina Rodriguez is when she cost me money because I bet on Amanda Hibas in her last fight. I was buying the hype. Uh, you know, Amanda Hibas really cool, really fun. I was excited to see her get it done. But Rodriguez is just a super talented stand-up fighter. We know Michelle Waterson is as well, and it did make for an excellent fight. And with that win, Marina Rodriguez really catapults herself into the conversation around the top of the division, right? We've got some, 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 she's currently ranked seventh. They haven't updated their rankings in the women's strawweight division, but there's a lot going on at the, you know, around there. There's, there's some different fights to be made. Obviously, we have a new champion again. In, in Rose Namunas, who had that spectacular head kick knockout over Zhang Wei Li. But there's a lot of movement there. It'd be interesting to see Marina Rodriguez maybe maybe take on Mackenzie Dern. Very different styles. Be interesting to see how she handles that. She did talk about potentially a fight with Joanna and Jacek as well. So lots of lots of potential movement in that division. But the co-main event is one that, you know, longtime fight fans were probably not wanting to see. And that was Cowboy, Donald Cowboy Cerrone, just taking another brutal, damaging loss. Adam, is this, is this, you know, curtains for his career? Is it time to hang it up? What's, what's left for Donald? I think it was, I think Dana was telling him, if you don't beat Connor, retire. That was the thing. You get to get, you get the big payday. Either way, this is the perfect way to go out. One of the biggest pay per views. 
And I think he was just like, I love fighting, so I'm going to keep fighting. So I think he should have retired after that fight. And well, he's lost two fights since then. So 100% he probably should have. But do I think he's going to retire? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think he's going to retire either. I mean, he already said, I want to go out the way I want to go out. Probably it means with a win. Now I think it means in a stretcher, in an ambulance. <laughs> in, in a coffin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just back up a hearse to the edge of the cage and drag and drag <laughs> yeah. out. They might, do a, they might do a live <laughs> cremation at the at the end of the event. In all seriousness, right, a cowboy was not supposed to fight um, um, Ali, Alex Morono. I nearly said Moreno, Morono, because he was supposed to fight. Diego Sanchez, who's going through all of his own shit right now with his his crazy trainer. He's been released by the UFC. All kinds going on there. If you, you haven't followed that story, I would encourage you to go and check it out because it's actually yeah, it's, actually great. it's actually crazy. Uh, but Cerrone was supposed to fight at lightweight against Diego Sanchez. And to me, that would have been the perfect way to go out. Two of the most exciting fighters, two of the most tenured fighters in the UFC, leaving it all in the middle of the octagon. They both could have retired into the sunset regardless of how the fight went out. Cowboy should not be fighting at 170 anymore. He said to himself, those boys hit differently up at 170. I would like to see him have one more fight at 55. Let, let me correct that. I don't want to see him fight again, but he said he wants to fight again. And I, res you know, I respect that decision. It's, you know, he's a grown man. He can do what he wants. And I, you know, you want to see him have that opportunity one more time to go out on a high to end this just awful streak because it's just a sad way for a legendary career to come to a close. So find him a guy outside of the top 15 or just there or thereabouts in the lightweight division and make, you know, close it for the end of the year and let him finish his career at the end of 2021. I don't know. I don't know who that might be. Maybe a guy like Jim Miller, another UFC veteran who, who? you know, <laughs> my how dare you might be on his <laughs> might be on his way out he's coming off losses as well very different styles but also a game fighter will never say no to a fight both excellent jujitsu specialists I, i'd like Cerrone to get the better of jim miller in that fight but but give him someone who he's who he's got a chance against because as he said he just can't hang with these with these young cats anymore yeah well I don't think he's got a chance against anyone in the UFC at the moment. So I, what I'm saying is that he should call me out because I'll fight him and I'll let him go out the way he wants to go because I reckon he's, I've got more of a chance of beating him than anyone on that roster and anyone in his weight division, all right? Let's go. There we go. The first call-out of the Punch Strong podcast. We might have a new Jake Paul in our midst. Look at him. Got a little bit, bit of a beard going on. Outlandish. Uh, you know, call outs of fighters who My would definitely, who would definitely, <laughs> who would definitely rip his head off. <laughs> um, was there anything else on this card that, that that stood out to you? I thought Greg Gregor Gillespie had a good win, an important win for the UFC rankings. He was, uh, you know, one spot behind Ferreira in the lightweight division. And to be honest, the lightweight division is wide open right now. Looking ahead, we've got the you know, the vacant title uh, up for grabs in UFC 262. We also have uh, Tony Ferguson fighting Benil Dariush. But Greg Gillespie can really insert himself into the conversation inside the top 10 uh, with his next, uh, you know, with his next opponent. I don't know who that might be, but let's use this segue now and, and move forward looking ahead to 
what's going on ufc 262 khabib has retired officially he's vacated his title and that means charles Oliveira and michael chandler fresh off very impressive wins are going to battle it out to see who will become the next champion in this new era in the lightweight division and to be honest i can't pick from these guys both of them are sensational both of them uh you know are coming off excellent wins over great fighters as i said Oliveira's on this absolute tear chandler's explosive incredible wrestling will he he should be able to you know keep the fight standing but then does he want to against Oliveira? because he's an unbelievable technician standing up and then if he chooses to take him down this man submits absolutely everyone it's just it's such a difficult fight to predict i'm just really excited for it do you have are you leaning one way or the other or are you just looking forward to an absolute spectacle and seeing how the rest of this lightweight division unfolds in a post khabib era yeah I'm, I'm like yeah i can't really split them at the moment um it's one of those fights the rare fights where you want to see it go to the ground like they're both so good on the ground that it's just and such different styles that it would be so amazing to see i don't think Oliveira's wrestled anyone like him and vice versa I think it would be awesome just to see it on the ground. But every time there's a fight that you want to see go to the ground, it doesn't go to the ground. So I can't predict who's going to win, but I've got a pretty good feeling that this is going to be five rounds standing up. I think they both won't want to take each other down. I think Chandler will probably be a little bit stronger, so he won't want to try and take him down because Chandler will overpower him in the clinch. And then I think Oliveira is just a way better Rest a uh, way better jujitsu expert once they're on the actual ground. So I reckon they'll both be avoiding each other, kind of like who did that recently? Usman and Covington. When mm-hmm. they fought, all I wanted to do was see them guys wrestle and they stood up and bashed each other for five rounds, which was still amazing and one of the best fights ever. But I wanted to see those guys wrestle so badly. Yeah. And sometimes that can happen, right? Where you just, those, the two skill sets just neutralize each other and they force, they force the fight to be standing. So a hundred percent agree. That's, that's certainly a possibility of the wake go. And you're right. I mean, we just need to go back through uh, Oliveira's win streak and make no mistake, an eight fight win streak is just absolutely absurd, regardless of who you're competing against. And that eight fight win streak is littered with performance of the night bonuses. Uh, one, what has he got? One, two, three, four, five in his in in this win streak. Right, he's got the UFC record for most submission wins. He broke that and then continued with three more after that. I mean, he's just shattering records, banking cash, and it's great to see Oliveira get his opportunity. But he's never faced anyone really like Michael Chandler. And yes, he had a spectacular win over Tony Ferguson. That was not Tony Ferguson that we saw. I don't know whether we're going to, you know, that was a blip or whether he really is on the downslide of his career. And obviously you have to credit Oliveira, but you, Tony was just not the same guy. He didn't have the same creativity. He didn't have the same um, movement. He just, he just looked flat. He didn't look like the Tony Ferguson, the, the boogeyman that we've come to know and love in the lightweight division. So, you know, you don't want to take anything away from Oliveira, but this absolutely, without question, is going to be the toughest fight of his career and the toughest fight he's had since he's gone on this absolute tear through the lightweight division. On the other hand, for Michael Chandler, you know, I think he came in and he caught Dan Hooker cold. Dan Hooker didn't look very good. 
this this will be the hardest fight of his career and he's you know he's had some losses in bellator he's not he's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination but he is an athlete he's tough as nails and if he lands on Oliveira, Oliveira is going to sleep because he's got absolute dynamite in those hands so absolutely yeah just cannot wait to see how this fight unfolds now this card probably isn't as stacked as it once was because of the uh, relocation or rescheduling of Leon Edwards against Nate Diaz. It's still very, very good though. And, you know, we have Tony Ferguson, the aforementioned Tony Ferguson coming up against Benil Dariush, who's a, you know, a murderer all on his own. So I'm very excited to see, to see how this fight unfolds as well, primarily because I want to know, is Tony done or, you know, was this just the lingering after effects of the double weight court, a bad loss, uh, and, and and the absolute war he went to with with Justin Gaethje? So, yeah, what what do you think about Tony Ferguson? I think Ferguson's got the better resume and the be- the more experience. So I think I'm still I still think he's the better fighter. Uh, but this guy, I don't know, he's an animal. The whole fucking division, man. It's insane, right? You look at that top 50. It's the most stacked division in the UFC. And from top to bottom, you're like, like, on any given day, and most of these guys could probably, now, and now, you know, now Khabib's out of the division. It's just wide open. We could see, we could see this lightweight strap just rotating through guys because winning it is one thing. Retaining it is a whole different story. And this division, as you said, it's just murderer's rope. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable, and I think I think that'd be cool if it if it did the rounds a little bit. The the title, it's kind of like what the interim title did. Well, there was just a whole heap of bullshit going on. But Gate, I still think Gate is an animal, and I'm not sure, but I guess we want to stick to this card. So I think Ferguson wins. I hope Ferguson wins, but also Ferguson either had a bad fight last fight, although he went the, the distance anyway. He either had a bad fight last fight or he is on the decline, which I hope that isn't it. But, you know, some people's chin just die and then everything else seems to go with it. So I hope that isn't what's happening because, like, who doesn't love watching him? He's just so different to everyone else. But if Ferguson is still Ferguson, I, I think he, he wins. But if he's not, who knows? Yeah, and as you said, some the chins tend to go after they've taken a beating and um, that's one of Ferguson's best attributes throughout his career is it's just this insane ability to take shattering shots and just keep walking through them. Justin Gaethje hit him with shots that would put out people, a weight class, two weight classes above him, I reckon. And he just came forward, pissing blood, just, just standing in there and swinging, even though, even though Gaethje was just pe- piecing him up. It was, you wondered how he kept going. He's just tough as nails. Have you ever seen a fight stopped because someone's getting punched while they're standing up? I think it was the only time I've ever seen a fight get stopped just because he he's knocked out, but he's standing up. Like he, yeah. that was a KO, and he was standing up. Yeah, it was. It was. I I want. I'm just going to go later after. I'm going to go watch that fight again because that was just. It was so good. I'm just getting excited <laughs> thinking about thinking about watching that fight again. Get your tissues. <laughs> <laughs> um, the rest of the main card, uh, it's pretty unbalanced. We were just talking about this. You know, there's only four scheduled fights for the main card. Uh, I don't know whether again they were just that MMA fighting is usually pretty on the ball with their scheduling. Uh, we got Jacare Souza coming up against 
Andre Muniz. And the card to open the fight is going to be Shane Burgos against Edson Barboza. And talk about someone who has spectacular finishes. Edson Barboza is an absolute monster in the stand-up game. So, where you know, this has fight of the night sort of contender written all over it, in my opinion. And, you know, Burgos has got some really good wins on his on his resume and and lost to you know calvin katar who was just on that absolute tear and you know recently lost a decision win against josh emmett who's been on his own very good successful win streak so i think this has got potential fight and like written all over it yeah i agree i think the the whole card is a bunch of fights that could it go either way and all people that are just absolute animals. I think Barbosa is one of those weird ones as well that you're not sure what level he's at now, if he's at peak, mm-hmm. if he's getting better because he's he looked pretty good in his last fight or if he's just sort of here and there hanging in until he until he sort of fades out into the, the sunset of the never-ending UFC talent that just gets better and better every six months at this stage. Like, it's insane. It's crazy where they keep finding all these guys from. And, you know, not long ago, he had a, a, you know, a KO, a beautiful KO win over Dan Hooker. He went, then went on a skid, but, you know, losing to guys who are absolutely elite in, in the divisions he faced them in, obviously Justin Gaethje at lightweight and Felder, two guys who were just absolute animals, dropped down a division and, lost a, a close one, a real close one, split decision to Dan Eager. And that was a that was an excellent fight. And and Dan Eager is he's ranked pretty highly in the division, I believe. Yeah, he he's ranked eight at the moment. He's he's someone who gets gets the job done. And another one who has only really lost recent you know, at least recently to the absolute highest qual- caliber opposition in Calvin in Calvin uh, Calvin Cater. So yeah, there's just so much going on in this division. And I, I think it was the right move for Barbosa to drop down. And I, I think the, the results so far have, have shown that as well. So I'm very excited for this one. Let's move over to the, the undercard now because there's, there's a lot going on here. Uh, some, some quite big names as well for, for, the, for the undercard. Um, you know, the, the sort of featured bout on the undercard is Jack Hermanson against Edmund Shabazian, which, again, could just be... Uh, an, an absolute bomb burner. To be honest, I don't know these guys too well, and I don't want to say oh, I'm going for this guy, I'm going for that guy. But nearly every single undercard over, overshadows the main card in some way. I find on the on the pay per views, if you if you take the time to watch them, there's nearly always one fight that gets fight of the night. Like it's very on the on the good nights, you know, the, the main events, the fight of the night, but the bonuses just fly through on the undercard, and I think. Um, Make sure you're watching because there's probably three or four of, on, of these that are just going to be insane. I think the, the the women's fight from memory, who was in that again in the prelims? That was the one I had my eye on. Um, I think maybe Shevchenko's in it. and Yeah, Andrea Lee against uh, Antonina Shevchenko. Yeah, that'll be, a, that'll be a good fight, that one. That'll be just – the flyweights are so good to watch because they don't have the power usually, so they just punch each other so much. The volume of punches and kicks, I love it. I love watching it. Yeah, it's great. Another fight that's going on in that division is Caitlin Shukagian against um, against uh, Vivian Arajo. Yeah. Uh, that's, no, that's, that's, that's on the undercard as well. 
Is it? Against, oh. Yeah, against all... Like I said, it's a very stacked, very top, like uh, heavy undercard. But... I've got a feeling that that might be the one going to the main card. Oh, okay. Maybe if, that, Maybe. Being, that, that, if that's being moved, it would make sense because this is yeah. essentially a title eliminator for the next person to go and get slaughtered at the hands of Valentina Shevchenko because this could be a great fight. But to be honest, I don't give a shit about the outcome of it because Catelyn already got absolutely run through by Valentina. She, and she just looked the best she's ever looked. And that's saying something when she uh, annihilated Jessica Andrade. So whilst this could be a good fight and I'm going to enjoy it, I genuinely do not care about the outcome because this is going to be next in line, lamb to the slaughter, step up and take your absolute shit kicking from Valentina, who <laughs> like, it's, just, it's like, yeah, I'll take the contract. I know I'm going to lose. I'd be, I'd be telling, asking Uncle Dana for some serious uh, bone, like show money instead of win money. I'd be like, you can take away all your like alleged win bonuses and just convert that into show money for me because whilst these obviously fighters have this incredible self-belief and self-confidence there's no reason that Caitlin Shukagin if she Caitlin Shukagin excuse me wins this fight she's like oh yeah things will go different this time against Valentina Shevchenko she's in, it, she's absurd she just does whatever she wants to at that weight class even to the bigger fighters right it just Andrade was much bigger much stronger you thought she was going to come out and try and bully her and she just beat the brakes off her and took her down and completely brought a different game plan. Caitlin Shkengen is a much bigger fighter and she, you know, completely dominated her and, and, and pieced her up and got her out of there inside three rounds. So whilst I'm with you, I really enjoy watching these fights in this division. This particular one, I'm like, man, who cares about the outcome? I want to see a great fight. What I really want is some insane situation. I want her older sister, Antonina, to win this fight, get herself into the top five, Maybe we get two sisters beating the piss out of each other on a UFC pay-per-view. I don't think we've ever had siblings fight before. I doubt it would ever happen, uh, but that would be a, it'd be a fun narrative to talk about. That would be insane. Insane. Uh, I <laughs> think it would happen. Sure. No. There's, there's no way. There's no way it would happen. because Imagine, imagine how many times they've fought before, though. They'll just be like, this time we're getting paid. Yeah, yeah, but there's there's something different between like sparring and fighting together and like ending your big sister on a global plat on a global network, right? There's there's, That's there's just something there's, <laughs> there's just something inherently. I'd love to fight my sister. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Fallon Fox, calm down. I'm joking. I'm joking. But I would fight my brother uh, for free on on TV. I would floor him. If I know he's listening, so he knows too. He's one of and our, he's my older brother, by the way. I'm not a bully. Oh, so we got the we got the we got the dynamics here as well. You are basically the Shevchenko sisters. Yeah, basically, just a better looking version. Yeah, yeah, ab absolutely. The, the parallels are absolutely striking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, uh, I'm probably more punch drunk than they are. Uh, would, all right, explains a lot. <laughs> well, let's move on. I, I want to. Let's nail a few picks here. What's your favorite fight of the night? Stuff like that. Let's get the people that are listening excited for the card because we're absolute nerds and anyone could be fighting on this card and we'd be that excited for it. I can never sleep on the Saturday before a UFC card, you know. Um, it's not usually because of the UFC, but anyway, that's about <laughs> something else. Uh, so let's talk about I wanna I wanna go with your fight of the night. What's your fight of the night? You can't pick the main event, that's too obvious. Tell me your fight of the night. 
All right, my fight of the night. I think I already I already tipped it before, but I'm gonna go Shane Burgos against Edson Barbosa. I just yeah, there's there's a recipe for excitement in this fight. Two dudes who who love, you know, winning by stoppage, not letting it get to the getting in the hands of the judges. Uh yeah, this this one for me is gonna be should be or could could be rather fight of the night. So that's that's what I'm going for. That's the non-main event that I'm really excited about. Um Cards on the table. I was going to pick the Ferguson fight. I just saw that's the co-main event, so that can't count. My second favorite pick is the Shevchenko fight. Uh, it's going to be insane. It'll be punches and punches and punches, and make sure you're watching it because it'll just get you amped up for the rest of the card. Yeah, one 100%. Uh, I, I completely agree with that. All right. What about what's your absolute lock, right? Your sure thing, certainty. Someone's taking their hard-earned money and instead of going down to the pokies this is a much safe safer investment you're gary you're personally pretty safe though (laughs) yeah i've never heard of anyone losing no no everyone's one never tells you the time they lost on the pokies do they i've never heard that (laughs) but okay so who who is your absolute lock who are you personally guaranteeing with your own money because if this goes wrong i'm going to get all three listeners who put bets on to come after you, three thousand. Yeah, you're going to have to pay them back. So who's who's your lock here? All right, now let's put let's put let's put something on the line here. We we need to make this. We're gonna, this is going to be a weekly thing, so we need to have something going between us. Uh, if there's something off the top of your head, think of it. But maybe we won't spend ten minutes coming up with it. But we're we're going to have a little bet here, and maybe if one wins and one loses, obviously that that person's going to pay up. If we both win, then we're both cheering, and if we both lose, then. I don't know. We'll figure out something there. Maybe we sing a song together for all our fans. <laughs> a uh, duet. All right. Yeah, we'll we'll have to figure something out. We won't bore everyone coming up with it, but we'll we'll work something out, and we'll let you know in the next episode what that's going to be. What our what our bet is going to be. Uh, what do you want? Do you want to go first, or you want me to? Uh, you want me to go here? All right. So this is actually a bit of an element too, isn't it? Because once like whoever gets to pick first has a slight advantage. So. Let's make it the winner every week gets to pick first as well. But right now, since you've been such a good host for Ep One, you get to go first. Oh, alrighty. I am gonna go with Jack Jacare Souza against Andre. Oh, and I'm wow. yeah, I'm I'm picking I'm picking Jacare. Write it down. Write it down. Write it down. Take notes. He's an absolute animal. We know. Now, things haven't been the best for him lately. He's, uh, you know, he's lost, he's lost a few fights. But he's still absolutely elite. And the guys he's lost to, no shame about it. Dude went up to light heavyweight, you know, lost a split decision to the current champ, Jan Blachowicz. Came back down to middleweight. Lost to Kevin Holland, who's, you know, he caught him early in the first round. It happens, but I he, this guy is truly one of the elite grapplers in the weight division, and I think he I think he gets his his middle middleweight career sort of back on track here, uh, and you know gets gets himself a, a win. All right, well that's a pretty weak pick to be honest. Like you know, I'm going to take more of a risk here. You know, I'm going to go hard, and I'm picking Tony Ferguson. Tony Ferguson will not lose. <laughs> One hundred percent. 
that Tony Mortal Ferguson, Lock. he's going to win. He's back. He's not going to lose three fights in a row. You know what he's like. He's too proud for that. He will not lose. I feel like he could break both his arms and both his legs and he'll still get the win somehow. Um, speaking of, I still can't get over how, how, did, how did he get out of that arm bar or how did he not tap out? I know, that, I know he got saved by the bell, but holy shit. That dude, that dude has got the just insane mental toughness. And if you, your confidence was so hot coming in there, if Tony Ferguson loses this fight, you've got to go get a nose ring. That's what I've, I've decided. You've got to head down. Head down. Get a, is, get, a, get a nose ring. <laughs> well, I'll have you know, we might we might actually find a time machine because five years ago I had a, a nose ring. So. Shut up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, I've got earrings now, so um, maybe I should have just told you I'd get my ears pierced. Damn it! Damn it! Yeah, you screwed up. You screwed up there. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, yeah, you've got to go go and get an, a nose ring, and then the jewelry that you have is like a miniature UFC belt hanging from it. I don't you think we want to have this bet because that means if yours doesn't get up, you're getting a nose ring. So you, can, you want you to have something head, that you're you can, prepared you to can do. Head, you can head down to the, to your local UFC gym wearing your tap out gear and just let everyone know <laughs> that you're the hardest there. Just uh, just to make it clear with all the people that are listening, I definitely do wear tap-out gear every day. I fucking love it. It's one of the best brands going around. It's really breathable breathable clothing. They just make such good stuff. But I think I'm going to switch to Venom soon because my boy Dana loves Venom. That's the new kit. So uh, eat one, tap-out. I'm changing to Venom today. <laughs> I, I, that that yeah, was a real one. I thought was this was like a sad, desperate pitch to try and get tap-out to sponsor the, the podcast with with all five of our listeners but now i like it you're pivoted now to the official combat apparel partner of of the apparel apparel (laughs) (laughs) it's that stupid fucking accent i was thinking i was thinking too much of like apparel spritz or something i'm uh i am fixing for a little little beverage maybe that's where my my mind was at but the official combat apparel partner of the ufc is now venom by the way, that's one of the most hilarious sort of announcements ever. They were like, we're taking over from Reebok and we're going to pay the fighters a lot like more money than Reebok. You look into it and they're getting like $500 a fight more than they were from Reebok. Yeah, it's actually a terrible story because I've heard so many fighters talk about they just wanted to like do their own thing, you know, or just have like the flexibility to change the artwork and all that stuff and the brand. They don't care what brand they have to wear, but they just didn't want it to matter too much because like the – uh, at least like the top 10, like I know Adesanya just has the coolest ideas. He's such like an artist in in and out of the octagon. And like he just would have had so much merch that if the USA let him do, would, they would sell so much of it as well. So I don't know. I feel like that's like the parts where Dana just does does his thing and that's like the, the shitty parts of the UFC, I think. But, hey, I love it. I love that they sponsor us. I love that Dana loves us. And um, that was a joke. Everything I just said, I don't mean. <laughs> in all seriousness, the fight fighters like it cost them serious money. And you know, say what you will about Brendan Shaw, but I know you know he's not Dana White's favorite person. Or you know, for those that may not know him, who is he? He's Brendan Shaw. He was a former UFC heavyweight, turned up stand-up comedian, podcast, YouTube host extraordinaire, uh, friend of Joe Rogan. But he reckons he you know it who? cost him up up to. Uh, 150 grand fight dif- per fight difference in in endorsements that he was you know because he had his individual sponsors on his short and he said plenty of fighters have you know had the same story showing the checks cut to them by sponsors so in that regards it is a shame uh, I know we sort of talked about fight to pay right at the top of the podcast and maybe it's a good way to come full circle and, and wrap up the first episode but it's a shame that the the fighters aren't 
able to have that as a revenue source for them and they just get this shitty compensation from from venom based off of how many fights with the promotion and all that kind of stuff so yeah yeah and i even remember back in the early days john jones when he got super famous he had the big nike tick on his uh, on his shorts and stuff like that like imagine how much money he was getting from that which would make them happy about the pay they're getting in every fight but anyway uh, let's not get too sidetracked. I know the casual fans probably did not give a shit about the no, sponsorship deal. The sponsorship. I actually yeah. just—I'm pretty sure I just lost interest. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just—we just, just, just bored each other talking about the sponsorship. Yeah, 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 yeah. That yeah, sucked. That was, um, no, no. Well, sorry, sorry. We'll get, we'll get rid of that segment, guys. The sponsorship yeah. segment is out for episode yeah. two. Yeah. If and if if it's still in the podcast when it goes out, something went horribly wrong. So. If you're still listening and the sponsorship podcast is in there, clearly we, we ran out of ideas for the last five minutes of the show. If we ever talk about sponsors again, it's because we're getting sponsored by them, okay? There we go. Put it down. That's the only reason we're going to talk about sponsors on this show again are going to be sponsors who are paying us money to talk about their brand. Speaking of, if you know anyone, give them a call. Lewis's number is... <laughs> I'm not I'm not going to give out my number but you can find Adam's number on every public toilet door in the inner west of Sydney. Yeah, uh, if you want Lewis's number just ask any ugly 45 plus year old woman in Brisbane and they have it. So There we go. So that's how that's how you, that's how you can reach us. You can either yes, you know easily accessible. Very, very each of us are very easily easily accessible. Um but I, Adam I, what do you reckon? I reckon we uh we wrap wrap it up here you got anything else you want to talk about no i think we wrap it up we don't want to drag it on too long i think if we're going to drag a pot on it'll probably be the the, re- the reviews um when we're just so amped up about what's just happened uh so stay tuned for them we're going to be talking about the pre and the post fight so a weekly pods in the plans but who knows uh, might get a few interviews in there might have a couple of other specials you know the we are based in australia so the uh the cheap australian boxing matches that get pretty big here ridiculously might give them a little little promotion and then maybe the the stupid uh what's that dumb sport they call where they wear the big fat gloves and they have the the squared circle or boxing boxing we might talk about that a little bit um because they, they occasionally there's a pretty good fight a couple of good heavyweights and whatnot so um we're gonna lock in once a week but hey keep keep refreshing that uh podcast page because we might just pop one in midweek and you might be Something that stops greatest, you from the greatest gift you ever receive could be a surprise punch drunk podcast in your feed when you least expect it. Yeah, and if you are a MMA fighter that is quite famous, uh, message us and we'll, we'll do an interview with you ASAP, and um, we won't pay we'll you. Build, we'll build your profile. We'll hype you up, and we'll pay we'll you. In, that. We'll pay you an exposure, right? Yeah, one hundred percent. I'll give you the shirt. I'll give him a UFC shirt. Look at that. He would literally give you the shirt off his back. What a man. Yeah. I won't take it off on camera, though, because um, uh, I haven't shaved in a while. <laughs> no one needs to see that. No, it's not. <laughs> it was anything like that monstrosity you got growing on your face. No one no one needs to see that. <laughs> uh, this is actually from my chest. I can't grow a beard, so I just shaved the chest. Oh, so just... the top. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Um, but anyway... We all know you have three nipples, so you won't be taking the shirt off your back. Never. Oh, well. Um, It's actually a rare thing, mate. You should be proud of it. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's given me the confidence to to, to move forward. (laughs) Well, that's good. Uh, Confidence is invaluable in life. And I think on that note, let's uh, push on out of here. Hey, I'll try and fade us out. I'll see what my DJ skills are like. 
Thanks, Thanks everyone. The punches weren't really necessary. Maybe it was super necessary. Thank you, Dad, to apologize. Absolutely nobody.